0: Welcome back, everyone. What an amazing week it has been. Last week, I had put out the challenge on my Instagram page, as well as in my current coaching program, Ignite Your Legacy, to celebrate the heck out of this week, and you all showed up. It was truly amazing to see all the celebrations, big and small, throughout the week. Educators, when you get a challenge, you know how to show up. All right, as we dive on into today's episode, I want to set the stage a little bit for you. And I may or may not be using a real life example here. All right, so you're running late, you hit all the traffic on the way into work, drop off at daycare takes a little longer than usual, you spill your coffee walking into your classroom. But when you get to your classroom, you see clean counters, materials prepped for the day, the whiteboard is ready to go and your desk is ready. And you immediately feel at peace. Guys, this single change in your environment has literally changed your feelings. Now imagine if you had walked into a room that had piles of papers everywhere, garbage all over, materials here, materials there, your desk, where is your desk? You can't even find it. You're probably not going to have that same calm feeling you had in the previous example. And guys, I am with you on this one. I had days where I walked into my classroom thinking, what happened? but I also had those days where I walked in and it was clean and it was calm. And it just goes to show that your immediate environment truly has an impact and a really quick significant one on how you're feeling. There is a connection there. Whether we're talking about the physical layout or we're talking about our students, think about it. When our students, when we're teaching and our students are listening and following our instructions, As educators, we feel calm, we feel relaxed. We're like, I got this. And when our students are loud, disengaged, speaking back, that calm, relaxed feeling can quickly change. Today's episode, we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into that physical environment that I just talked about, that physical environment that surrounds us and how this physical environment plays such a key role to the success of our days. Now, some of you may be wondering, Why physical environment? Why not start with that behavior change of my students? Well, it's a great question and the answer is really simple. You can change your physical environment in one afternoon. Behavior change with students, it's definitely going to take longer than that. And you all know my motto, small, simple, strategic steps to build your momentum forward. So let's use one of those small, simple, strategic steps and change our environment. Throughout this episode, I am sharing tangible tips with you that you can take to create a classroom that's not only organized, that not only do you feel productive in, but one that creates that sense of calm that we talked about in the very beginning of this episode. All right, we've set the scene, let's jump on in. One tip I have for you is to use light colors. I know you're probably like, where did that come from, Lindsay? What, what, what does that have to do with my classroom? Here's the thing, light colors create expansion. They create, it's a visual appeal to the eye that your eye goes you know, across the scene. Dark colors tend to make things feel closed in. So when you're decorating, when you are looking to bring more light into your classroom because I don't know about you, I always taught in classrooms, that didn't have a ton of windows. So I was always looking for ways to make it feel lighter and brighter, more airy, without having to turn on those ridiculous fluorescent lights that we all get. You all know what I'm talking about. So use your light colors. All right, so that, yep, that was kind of a random one, but totally has that effect that we are looking for. It's that, that, you know, just that serenity feeling we all want when we walk into our classrooms. All right, my next tip for you is when possible, keep those counters and tables clear. So often we want to, you know, pile up the the containers of pencils and markers and glue sticks and we put them right in the middle. But what ends up happening is that that's where our eye goes. And remember, we are we're looking for expansion here. We're looking to walk into our classroom and feel that calm. We want to see everything and have it feel open and airy. And so the best way I know to do this is one, to keep your storage to, to the perimeter of your classroom and also to use vertical storage if you can. And by the way, this tip works great at home, too. So often we want to put, you know, those decor items in the middle of your island if you have one or in the middle of the coffee table. But it, more times than not, it ends up feeling cluttered. I don't know if you feel me on that one, but I found if I moved those pieces to the outside of the room or kept them in one area for like a decoration area, it totally makes my my eye go to the outside of the room, which makes it feel open, which makes it feel expansive. So there's an extra tip for you. All right, so. My next tip is to have designated space for materials. And if you're like me, add a label too. This is not only helps you, but it helps students to be held accountable for putting materials back where they belong. Again, we're looking for that organization. We're looking for things to be put in order so that our physical environment, guys, the the crux of it here is that when our physical environment feels calm, relaxed, organized, all those things, our internal thoughts will also feel the same way. Our internal and our external realities, meaning the environment you're looking at and the thoughts in your head, they're connected. And when we embrace this connection, we create this life that is just full of passion and purpose. Okay, kind of on a soapbox there, let's get back into the episode. All right, so here's, beyond those physical layouts, here are some additional ways that I've personally changed my classrooms in the past to fit the needs of the students and that have helped me be ready for any situation that comes my way. So when we're looking at environmental changes, one thing that I absolutely loved doing was I had a weight bin that was over by my front door. I had a lot, I taught kindergarten through second grade, self-contained special education. So I had a lot of students get related services both in and outside of the classroom. And they would see it on their schedule, you know, as they're waiting for the therapist to arrive, they didn't often know what to do. And as the teacher, I often had already started with the next activity that the students in the classroom were participating in. So I had this, you know, one or two students kind of looking around, what do I do? Well, we all know if we have students that aren't engaged in something productive, they're going to find something to engage in. So I gave them something productive. I put a weight bin by the door with a chair or a beanbag, whichever works for your students, and they engaged in those items until the, the related service provider came. It was beautiful. They knew if at any point in the day they were waiting, they had their waiting area to go access. Another thing I had is I had a to-go bag by the door. Yep, you heard me, a to-go bag. And I do not call it, I did not, and I don't recommend, don't recommend you calling it a crisis bag. No student wants attention shown that they are in crisis. And when the classroom has to leave, the last thing that student that that is having that moment wants to hear is grab the crisis bag call it a to-go bag, just call it the bag. And I had in that bag, I had activities ready to go, I had materials, I had extra visuals, timers, anything that I counted on in my classroom, I had in that bag and if and when we needed to leave the classroom for safety reasons, we brought that bag, we found our spot and learning could continue. Another tip I have is related to furniture. So when you have either your desks, your tables, your chairs, make sure that they fit the, the size of the student you have. So one thing I notice in a lot of classrooms is that I, ha- I see a lot of students that maybe are on the shorter end, and I, I feel for them because I am too, is that when they sit, their feet can't hit the ground. And what that ends up happening is that their feet then dangle. Well, when your feet dangle, we naturally want to bend forward so our feet hit the ground. Well, guess what? If you're bending forward, you can't sit up straight. And how often as educators do we tell our students, guys, sit up, you know, good posture. Well, it's kind of, it's incompatible. I can't put my feet on the ground and feel grounded if I can't, if I can't lean forward. Do you feel me on that? It's a little, little awkward trying to explain it, but take a look at your students. Are they sitting that their feet are planted on the floor or are they kind of dangling? An easy fix, get some wood blocks, put them under their feet and, and see if that does not help them, you know, kind of sit up and re-engage. All right, let's talk about materials. Can't talk about physical physical environment with the materials in the room. And I, I'm going to share a story with you. So, as a first year teacher, I had a student that pretty significant behaviors, property destruction, throwing materials, tipping over tables, and one thing that he always went for was scissors. And I kept going, you know, to my, I'm going to emphasize first year teacher here. I kept going to my my mentor and my supervisor, you know, my my principal, and saying. I got, I got to, he's got to be better with scissors. Like we need them in the classroom. I'm, you know, it's kindergarten through second grade. He's got, he's got to be safe. He's not safe. And my, I remember distinctly a principal looked at me and said, okay, so what are you going to do about it, Lindsay? Clearly he does this with scissors. That's what he does. What are you going to do about it? And I was like, oh, you're so right. So what did I do? I went out and I bought some lock and lock containers. You know, the ones, the plastic containers that you really have to like push down the sides so I not only put all the scissors in there, but I also then put them away. Two simple steps, but it took the, the ability to throw scissors away. And we didn't work with scissors for a little while. Didn't mean forever. We just didn't do those cut and paste. And if he had to cut, we cut for him be ahead of time. Because again, I think there's nothing worse than doing an activity for a student in front of a student. So if you've got a kid that safety with scissors is a concern for you, Cut the materials for him out of sight. Cut them before so all he or she has to do is glue them. All right, another material that that I love, so scissors, don't really love, one that I do love is Velcro. And here's how Velcro can work wonders in your physical environment. One, you can put it under the table as a sensory stimulation. Two, if you've got kids that swipe materials or throw materials, if you put Velcro on the table and Velcro on the tasks that they need to do, you then can Velcro it to the table. So it's a lot harder to swipe. You could also do that with work tasks. You put Velcro on the bottom of the box, t- literally Velcro the box to the table. It's a lot harder to, for the kid to lift off and throw. The other thing you can do is put Velcro on top of the tables to be used for picture cues. So you could change out your picture cues for different groups you're working with to remind them maybe the steps of what they're doing. Are they going to color, cut and glue? You could then put a mini schedule on your table of a picture of a crayon, a picture of scissors and a picture of a glue stick. If you've got older kids, you might do words. Raise your hand listen when someone else is speaking. Voice your opinion using these starting, you know, sentence starters. Whatever it is that works for you, but it lets you have that ability to change things out but so that it, they they stay on the table. All right. One one thing I meant to mention in the beginning of this episode that I think is so important when we're talking about physical environment because remember we not only want the physical environment to work for us as the educator, we want it to work for our students. So the one thing I used to do quite often throughout the year as I would walk into the room at the level of the student. And yes, I looked a little ridiculous doing this, but I taught K2. So I would get down on my knees, I'd get to their level, and I would literally walk around my classroom on my knees. And I would look at the classroom through the lens of the student. I would sit in all of their seats and I would take a look. When I asked them to look at the board, do they actually have a you know, a full view of the board. When I asked them to line up to my giving them enough space, I had to really get in their shoes, so to speak, so that I could then create an environment that not only worked for me, but that also worked for them. One thing that I love doing for older students, guys, we know when older students are looking around the classroom, where are the two places they look the most? They either look out the window or by the clock. You feel me on that one? So what I use, what I recommend is put the most important thing you want them to learn from your class that year above the window and by the clock. You at least know every time they look there, they're going to be learning something new or they're going to be reminded of something. Try it out and let me know how that goes. It's one of my favorites. All right, so the other thing when we're talking about what's on your wall Make sure what's on your wall is functional and something that can be used. I love seeing anchor charts up on the wall, but what happens is our writing is so small because maybe we created that anchor chart when our class was sitting on the carpet in front of us and they could see it. But then when I put it up in the corner of my classroom, can they actually read it? Remember, anchor charts are meant to be visual representations of things we've learned. So if we want our kids to access them in a functional way, They've gotta be able to read it from anywhere in the classroom. All right, now, continuing to talk about this physical environment, who feels me on visuals? All right, so as a former self-contained K2 teacher, I love visuals, probably more than most teachers. And my tips with visuals, it's pretty simple actually. Find a system that works for you. I know, you're probably like, but I just wanna know how. Here's the thing though, if I tell you how in one way, most of you will try it, but if it doesn't work exactly like you want it to, you're not gonna do it. So my advice is do something that works for you. Try a few different ways, and then when something feels good for you, own it, trust it, and do it. For me, my biggest tip was that I always made extra. I always kept extra visuals ready to go because they get lost, they get destroyed, they get thrown out, they get wet. You name it, it happens. So make extra, make extra token boards, extra contingency maps, extra mini schedules. Those were always my go-to resources. You know, I used to be the teacher that if I you know, saw something out in the store, I had to buy it. And I always thought that it was, I need more, I need more, I need more. And what I actually realized is I don't need more, I need less. And I need things that are going to work for me in a variety of settings. Token boards, they can work for any single thing you are working on a student with. Blank contingency maps, I can fill those out at any point in time. Blank mini schedules, I can take any activity and break it down into its steps. And I am ready to go with a visual. So it's not always about more, more, more. I'm gonna encourage you to actually do the opposite. Less is less is less. All right, so I've also found simpler ways to use the materials I have. My thought is if I can buy one thing and find 10 ways to use it, isn't that a win-win? For me, that's pretty amazing. So my top three resources to share with you, a mini dry erase board. Whew, these are so impressive. They can be used as a mini schedule first then board, a break tool for a student to draw on, you could draw a quick visual on it. If needed, students could use it instead of a paper pencil task. They could use it as like it was a clipboard with a piece of paper on it on the carpet. There are so many uses. All right, another one of my favorites is a clipboard with storage. I'm not really sure if that's even what they're called, but if you go online and you look clipboard with storage up, you'll see what I'm talking about. These were my saviors when I taught self-contained special ed. If you teach any level of special ed, really anything in general, but definitely with the littles, you know how many visuals you need for each student. And then each student has their own token board, their own schedule, you name it, they have it. Well, these clipboards were so helpful because all the items for one student stayed inside of the storage compartment. We'd put the visuals and such on the outside with tape and Velcro, and then we'd keep all the other things, you know, quick reinforcement options, extra visuals, a timer, pen, pencil, data sheets, you name it, inside the storage part. I tried using binders before, but I just felt that everything kept falling out. Anyone else feel me on that one? This way, with the storage, everything stays inside, it's all neat and organized, and we're ready to go for each student. All right, one last go-to resource of mine was a simple deck of picture cards. You know, the decks you can buy at the dollar store that have 50 cards or so with different pictures on it? I think they're generally used for either learning the alphabet or vocabulary, but I used to find so many ways to incorporate these into one-on-one time, small group, and whole group lessons. My motto, eventually, after I learned that hard way, was to find one product and use it in multiple ways. So for these cards, I could use it as traditional memory, go fish, the goodbye game, which means I would just put a bunch on the table and I'd say, goodbye turtle, and the kid would have to find the turtle and, and put it away. Vice versa, the kid could then label them and I would have to put it away. I'm thinking of a, we could work on clues and labeling, I spy, put them around the school or the classroom as a scavenger hunt, and you could use them as fluency practice. So great. Great. Something else that's great is I've got a fun freebie for you that relates exactly to this. So every week, not sure if you guys know this or not, I have an email subscription service on my website and my email subscribers are sent a weekly freebie on Sundays. And this week's fun freebie is three handouts of exactly what we're talking about. I'm sharing three sheets that I'm calling Think Beyond Sheets that give alternative ways to use three pretty common resources in your classroom picture books, picture cards, and puzzles or file folders. Now I will say you may hear these and, or see these strategies and think, you know, I teach older students, they won't work, but I'm gonna encourage you to get creative. Use material for your grade level and see if you can adapt it in any, to, to make any of the strategies fit your grade level. I bet you can find more ways to do it than, you, than it may initially seem. All right, friends. It has been 20 minutes full of strategies related to your your physical environment in your classroom. We've talked about materials. We've talked about classroom layout. We've talked about colors of your classroom, for goodness sake. But we have come to the end of today's episode. I really hope you found these tips helpful, to really creating that environment that you feel calm and relaxed in. Because remember, when our external environment has us feeling calm and excited and passionate and joyful, that is what the thoughts in our head will then match. Now, if you're over there listening, thinking, I want more, how do I get more? First of all, thank you. I love that every single one of you that watch this or listen to this want more i love it when i get your dm saying i love your content thank you for sharing that truly lifts me up and secondly even better news there is lots more ways to get free content from me each week in addition to this podcast which by the way if you are loving i would so greatly appreciate if you could subscribe and leave a review for future listeners I also mentioned above that I have a free email subscription that I send out freebies each week. All you need to do is sign up, is head on over to my website, Define University, that's Y-O-U, university.com. Sign up for that and those freebies are sent to you each week. In addition to this content, I run a free, yes, another free Facebook group called Define University, where each week I provide a free mini training on Sundays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In this group, I also share insights, motivation, and run three-day mini-series throughout the year. Sounds pretty amazing, right? Yes, come and join us. Lastly, are we friends on Instagram yet? Instagram is my absolute favorite social media platform. You can find me there at lindsay.titus828. And something special about my Instagram is that Monday through Friday mornings, I share a series of stories providing you with a morning message for the day. What a better way, what better way, to get your day kicked off with some positive momentum. All right, so how's that for some amazing free content each week? And in addition to those, I do have two one-day workshops coming soon. On March 12th, I will be in Providence, Rhode Island, and on March 13th, I will be in Manchester, New Hampshire, Both are full day workshops where I'm sharing tips and tricks and inspiration for working with your most difficult, challenging students. For more information or to register, go to TLC-SEMS.com. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I cannot wait to hear what you thought about it and what sticks with you. How are we changing those physical environments? Can't wait to see it, can't wait to hear it. Until next week, Have an amazing week ahead, and as always, we will talk soon.